Okay, with Steve West, who's an animator director, uh, Maito is the short film. It's seven minutes long, played at the San Fantasy Sci-Fi Film Festival. What an interesting film. It's kind of has a unique, what, what, how, well, you, you tell us, what's, what style of animation is this? Oh, I'm not sure if it has like a, na- <laughs> a name for it. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't thought it's a particular style of animation. Um, it's, I guess, semi sort of 2D, 3D stuff. It's like a character-based thing, like a sci-fi animation story. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what a what a style defined style would be for it. But you drew the you drew the animation, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't yes. you didn't design it in the computer. It was like you're all it was all hand drawn on your part. Uh, so it's, it's some of it is 3D models, some of it is hand drawn. So okay. like a lot of the a lot of like um, stuff within like space is like 3D models and stuff done in in like 3D uh, CGI stuff. Um, so like the planets and spaceships, stuff like that. But there's also like hand-drawn elements on, on top of those. There's like a mixture between like different sort of uh, styles. Like, yeah, so it's bits CG, bits of hand-drawn. And then the the ratio, you have the ratio like a phone, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a, yeah, 916, which is like a horrible, <laughs> horrible format to work in. But yeah, I, um, I think because uh, the, the sort of story started during um, lockdown and things like that, and so we were kind of all communicating through devices and stuff. So, I, so a bit of that was in the the story anyway. And then in some of the sort of animation work that I direct as like my day job, quite often towards the end of those, that people were asked to like reformat to like a social media format or something like that. And I, it's kind of. Um, yeah, it's going to be a bit frustrating to kind of try and reformat something widescreen into like a portrait format. So I, and part of an exercise to myself and partly because it sort of seemed right to do that sort of like story that's told through devices and built for devices to build it in like this portrait format. Um, so that's why I chose to do it that way. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it was kind of awful format to work in. But, uh, that's, that's why it's like that. It's well. You, it seems to be like you said. It's the social. I mean, you, it's a social media format, right? Like TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So it, it works for some things in there, but um, like definitely like when I was trying to do elements where you've got like two characters interacting with each other, it makes it very sort of difficult to like have those interact in a kind of sensible way. So it was like it was it was very difficult to kind of make that work. And yeah, in some places it's kind of pulled off, and, it, and I like the way that it's been structured like that. In other ways, it's like yeah, it's a little difficult. And it also feels weird to be like kind of now trying to like show this at film festivals and things where it'd be like going to a big uh, cinema screen yeah. or something and then yeah. showing the portrait format. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's why it's in that format. Have you seen it at a, at a big at a big cinema yet? No, not not yet. Not a big not a big big screen anyway. Like sort of yeah, because I'm curious how how I've seen it before. I've, I've but then like usually the stories are evolved around a phone. That's why like so thematically they fit into the context of why. Yeah, you shot with that format, uh, but but basically, like it's like you're literally bought, like you you described, like you're kind of like literally boxed in sometimes, right? Because you mm. you want you have the two characters in the beginning of the film, and you want them in the same frame, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I tried to do some elements in it where you like pushed out of the frame a bit. I was doing some little bits where there's, there's kind of like border around the film. I was trying to like push out of that a bit to make it feel as though it's sort of like pushing out at you a bit more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a difficult format to make two people kind of work together in the same space. I love this is a this is an amazing film. It's in terms of like it could just get re, it's kind of almost like an installation where it could just get replayed over and over and over again. Not just from a visual standpoint, but it's a it's a fantastic sound design too. 
I just, I'm, it's like, where did this come from, from you? Like this, this, like, not only the story, but like the, the imagination of this, like, obviously you were in space, but it's in, it's a, your own version of space, I guess. Right. Like, it's like even planet earth, I guess it looks like planet earth, but then you're, you're kind of like spinning it in your own kind of own, own little world, I guess. Yeah. This, I think the way I was sort of imagining it when building the worlds is that they're, they're they're not supposed to be necessarily like literal depictions of them and that's why they've got these kind of like the the scales are kind of crazy that like um they're like very small kind of planets and, and very big people and then everything's like kind of a little bit warped. i think i was reminded a little bit of this there's this children's um and like um well it wasn't really an animated show it's with our kind of like puppets in the uk called button moon sure uh, which is something that i was reminded of when i was making you can probably find clips on youtube and stuff like that but it was it was literally like this like tiny little planet with these like kind of spoon people and stuff that were kind of moving around on that. And so that reminded me of that a bit while I was kind of creating those things. So then um, so then it's like the the two characters, the one's kind of a version of a dog, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's some some kind of pet, at least, yeah. And then the other one's like a human, but the human's got a head with planets rolling around, right? Yeah. So the human was not. So there's two ways of looking at it. One is that they're like two individuals and and then another way I sort of thought about it was like they're sort of two symbiotic kind of like species, I guess, and that and that one of them is like not necessarily one specific person. Like the the, the sort of planet headed mate primary character is like an amalgamation of lots of different things in there. Like the character, the planet head guy. <laughs> yeah. Is feeding the dog like like food, right? So like a kind of like a like you feed a dog. So yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then, basically, just like, where did this come? Like, where did this idea come from for this? Like, like you said, you 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 reference the day job. What is, like, do you want to mind ask mind asking what is your day job? Oh, so I do like uh, I do like, like motion graphics animation. Um, most uh, so sometimes it's for like uh, science and um, education sort of facilities, like something like TED or like California Science Center. And then there's also stuff for like. Um, people like Google or Samsung, like kind of tech kind of stuff on top of that. And then there's other like your marketing things, but it's just like motion graphics animation for various different companies. And then, and then basically, but then you're doing this. So you're doing this on your free time. So yeah. is it, was it motivating to do something kind of not the same work, but it's like the same, it's almost, it's similar. Like it's like you're working during the day on something and then you're coming home and doing more animation. How was that? Yeah, well, I mean, this was something that I, like the very start of the project, I began sort of during, co I sort of started it when sort of COVID started and then eventually sort of dropped it after a few months and left it for a bit um, and then picked it back up again, like earlier this year, sort of springtime uh, 2023 and sort of worked worked on it until sort of the end of the summer on that. So, and, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, since COVID, I've kind of been primarily working from my sort of home office anyway, so it wasn't, it wasn't like a crazy thing to be like switching from one to the other. It's just like you can quite easily like flip back and forth and continue on the project. If you see what I mean? Do you work at home then? You haven't gone to the office, back to the office? No, I, I mean, occasionally, I mean, I have office space and I had like studio space um, before then, but um, but now I've just almost, almost everything is from my home space. So uh, you, something in your blog interview that interested me. So we asked you like, uh, when you realized you wanted to make films and you were talking about playing this PC game 
called Staten Island in the early nineties and basically yeah. the game. And it's almost like this, this film is kind of an inspiration to, to that. Like it, and the, it has that nineties kind of, I'm from that era too, that nineties mm. kind of like PC graphics style to it, your film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I really realized that what I was, when I was playing Stunt Island in like, when I was like 12 or something, I don't think I really realized that I was like making films at the time. It was the first thing I'd really encountered that. I didn't have like a camcorder or anything at home. So I couldn't like film anything or make anything. I didn't know anyone who was into like animation. So no one had told me about like making any kind of flip books or anything. Um, so I think Stunt Island was probably my first sort of, experience of like making films in any way or anything like that but yeah you could kind of and it's very similar to kind of like some sort of uh tv graphics and programming stuff because you could program the little different props to do different things when they hit different areas like you could it wasn't like a proper animation uh software where you could actually like keyframe things it was more like you were building like instructions with little hitboxes and stuff yeah. but you could then ed- you could then edit it afterwards and i think um yeah, that sort of taught me. That was the very first thing to sort of teach me, like what an, what an ed- edit room was like. Yeah, no, it is like it has that that kind of like look and and, and tone to it. And now mm. I don't know if you want to play video games now, but it's like the it's it's changed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy what you can what these kids are whatever like mostly adults play now. But before it used to be video games used to be for kids. Now now everybody plays it. It's yeah. like the, the stuff that they're doing is the graphics is amazing. So, but even just access to filmmaking equipment and stuff like that, just yeah. like the fact that the fact that on your phone you could like edit stuff together and make stop motion things, like make films and stuff like that. Like, I mean, the first time I really got access to like a camera or something was like when I was like 16 or 17. And yeah, like me and a friend of mine were like make, trying to make like music videos and like weird spoof documentary things and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like I didn't have access really to any any other filmmaking equipment until then. So it's hard to know that that's what you're interested in. It's a new world now. Uh, it's mm. you're you're kind of at the cusp. You're in that generation where like because the generation before you had nothing, right? So they you're basically kind of moving up. But then now now this generation can be yeah, like they can just doesn't mean they're going to be good, but they they mm. can make movies on their phone, right? So. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I guess it's just like getting the access to stuff. Like, you're gonna make a million shit things on your phone before you like make something decent. Like, you know, getting access and getting experience to make yeah. a million a million crap projects. Ten thousand hour, right? Where like, yeah, 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 keep grinding away. But then, yeah, and then, but then, people have semblance of talent. Okay, so thematically, what is your what are you trying to say? Like these 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 like like they're like kind of like lost souls in space trying to find a home home what do you like is what's the deeper meaning in this film yeah i mean i guess it was it was like i say it was kind of triggered off during covid i think i was sort of when i initially sort of started it was trying to write projects about um how i was how i was feeling at the time and how people were feeling at the time so it was like sort of elements of like uh kind of like depression and boredom and and things like that um uh and yeah, so I had those aspects in it for quite a while. Sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, and then uh, uh, one aspect is like the pet that is kind of running through that, like, and uh, my the, the cat that I had um, died shortly after COVID, which is sort of what made me pick back up the project. 
I'd sort of abandoned it and thought it wasn't really something I wanted to continue with. So I, I think some of the designs I'd done, I didn't really like. And I didn't really love the kind of story at that point. But then, yeah, like my, my cat died earlier this year. And they, the, the, she'd been with me like for about 17 years, I think. So, you know, like every single night she's like on my feet and uh, was like a continuous like presence, like when I was working and like for ages. Um, so yeah, then that, that's sort of what encouraged me to pick this back up, really. Um, so I'm not sure whether that's like a deeper meaning, but that is definitely what. No, like, no, but basically yeah, so. like you're, that you kind of showed the inspiration, like, cause mm. you, you, you have it on your Instagram page, your cat, <laughs> and you yeah. had it for 17 years. It's like you lived, it lived, lived you in two different continents too, right? So mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she came over to the US again. Yeah. yeah, never estimate the death of an animal, right? Like it's like, mm. it's, it's especially if it's been with you for that long. Yeah, like I said, it's barely been like I think at the most maybe two weeks of longest I've been away from uh, her at that point, and just yeah, she's. Constant presence, and, and when I work a lot of the time, she'll be like just in a little kind of ball next to me, and um, uh, yeah, so she's there for quite a long time, and uh, yeah, it was a uh, yeah, I missed quite a lot. So the film was like a grieving kind of like uh, therapy, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess kind of. Yeah, it just it kept you occup occupied. Uh, yeah, it definitely didn't keep me occupied. <laughs> Because according to the credits, it's only you and and uh, a gentleman named Fab. Or I yeah, he's the he's the composer, Fab Fabrizio Martini, who's uh, goes by like Rocket Audio. He does quite a lot of um, animation, music for animations, and things like that. And so there's, and like, I've worked with him. Sorry, no, yeah, I was I've worked with him. Like you showed him the film, like like before. Then he just kind of like how did how was that? Process? Yeah, I I pretty much like I've worked with him on a lot of, a lot of other projects um, that I've commissioned to do for like my commercial work. Um, so he was like the first person that I wanted to call to do this. And I pretty much just let him do what he wanted really. Um, I sort of trusted him to do a good job. When you were doing the animation though, did you have like a, a temp track kind of like helping you with the, the tone or? No, I didn't, which is, which is also kind of unusual for me because I usually do quite like to work with a temp track, but intentionally I, I didn't, like I was just sort of doing it like making sounds with my mouth while I was working through, which is unusual for me. Um, yeah, I, put, I sort of purposely tried to leave all the audio and to, yeah, to not um, influence it too much. Yeah. So the, the, the planet is getting destroyed in your film and then they, they, they take off suddenly in the rocket ship and then they got to mm. find a new home, which is, which it seems like it's going to be earth. So that's sort of like a metaphor for like kind of like being lost and kind of trying to find your way, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, but they're companions. They're together. Mm. But the person's not. But I, you, I, you mentioned the cat. But I, I, I said it was a dog. But it's not. Is that, is that a cat? Is it supposed to be a cat? Maybe it's, it's non. It's non. Yeah. A non no, no, I'm talking about for you. For you. Yeah. No. I mean, for me, I guess, I guess it is kind of a cat. Really, a, a friend of mine called it a turtle cat when he saw it. Um, yeah. But like, it's yeah. It, I guess it is a cat, but it's it. I'm, it not. It doesn't always really behave like a cat. Like I, like you know, like you said, it looks like a dog. I think sometimes it behaves more like a dog. Yeah, it's not. It's not specifically any one pet. I think it's meant to sort of encompass the idea of any sort of like close. Gotcha. Uh, animal command. 
Yeah, because usually the, the dog is like companion, right? Like always beside the owner, where the cat kind of mm. does with, generally speaking, the cat kind of does its own thing. It's a bit more aloof, yeah. Kind of has its own independence, right? So, and then the, the character, well, let's just say it's you, <laughs> the other character, <laughs> kind of like having three planets in their head. And it's sort of like you, you you're lived in, you live in Brooklyn, you're from the UK. I'm, I'm kind of reaching here, but basically it's like you're. Yeah. Kind of, you're kind of like where where do I where do I belong? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess you can interpret it that way. Um, yeah, certainly. Yeah, it was it was it was certainly meant to be like m- more than one person in the in that one in the one main character. Yeah, uh, and I was I wanted to sort of try out different ways of like expressing um, what faces could be and like how I could express different things with that. Um, so that's why I kind of wanted to use those like three sort of floating orbs. Um, and yeah, there's some elements where that's kind of worked quite well and other bits that I didn't, I'm not sure so sure about it. Yeah. And then if uh, then they find their way. Yeah. It's a, like I said, it's a really cool, it, like you don't see it, it from a unique point of, from a visual standpoint, you don't see animation like this. Right. So I think that's sort of your point. What did you think about the audience? We sent the audience feedback to you. What did you think what they had to say about your film? Oh, yeah. That, I was really grateful to receive that feedback from everyone. Because, like, yeah, everyone's time is, like, really um, valuable. So the fact that these people have, like, watched it and, like, spent the time to record themselves and, and saying thoughtful things and kind things about the film was excellent. I thought it was really nice. And then, was there anything that stood out, like, that basically that you didn't see yourself that they saw? Uh, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> um no i i i mean i not necessarily i didn't i think so, someone said something that they thought it was uh, a good film for children and i never i didn't really feel like i was making it for children at the time i don't know whether they mentioned that because it was just kind of an animated thing but i'm not certain whether i really thought about making it for children in mind at the time but, um, i guess that's maybe an unexpected thing that's funny that you mentioned that because in my notes, talk before talking to you, I have universal film, meaning that basically it's for all ages. Like my kids can watch it, obviously. Yeah, I get. I would say that's true. Yeah, and it's any 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 culture, any culture could watch it. Any like, it doesn't matter. Like anybody can jump into your film. It doesn't matter where they're from, how old they are. They can they can get something out of it. Yeah, I intentionally wanted to do it without dialogue, kind of for that reason. Like yeah. I wanted to kind of. Um, yeah, I, yeah. A lot of the, the things I do in commercial work are like explaining stuff along with people's dialogue. So I, again, that's like an exercise for me. I wanted to try and do a story without any dialogue. Yeah, it really like but it has it resonates. Like even mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm I'm I like I'm talking to you. Like it's like there's a deeper meaning in everything. But like I said, it's it's from my from a seven year old's perspective or a five year old's perspective. They're just seeing this cool this cool outer space story right and that's all they, mm. that's all they that's all they need to see and it's like really cool yeah. characters and like it, it stands out like you said it's got that kind of it has that british kind of like um you know the sean the sheep kind of vibe to it i guess <laughs> okay yeah is that a compliment or an insult yeah no 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 that's not an insult <laughs> at all no like uh maybe uh just um I'm not sure yeah it is definitely a compliment because it's sort of like non it's non-dialogue and it's like it's about companionship it's always like Sean the Sheep's about friendship it's about it's about journeys yeah. it's about you know what I mean it's like and then it's got a unique kind of style and tone to it I guess yeah yeah 
That's sort of where I was. Thank, thank you. Yeah, no, that's very kind. Thank you. Sorry, you're the people. It's an audio podcast, but you're drinking water while I said that. And you're kind of like we're spitting. <laughs> 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 like, oh, I must have said something wrong. So, but no, no, I think it's the I've flattered embarrassment was the expression I was trying. <laughs> yeah, no, like because I I love like for me I love personally love Sean the Sheep. And it's like I said, it's like kids can watch it and adults can watch it too. And you're getting something different out of it when you're watching it. So mm, yeah. So good on you. So uh, what's what's next for you? Are you going to keep making kind of like films like this? Or what are you What are you up to? Yeah, well, yeah, I certainly will do. I've, I've, I've got some things that I want to try out um, with just like a few different animation styles. Uh, I, I think I want to tinker with a few different things coming up, like some bits with mixed sort of live action animation, maybe some uh, kind of flip book. Um, I was trying to do a project with kind of like a weird Pepper's ghost interacting with um, some physical objects and stuff like that. Um, so I'm sort of going to tinker with a few different ideas and then try and work that into a project, I think. Well, I love to see what you do next. Congratulations on the success of this film. It should, it's a guaranteed like acceptance to festivals. It's like, it's, it's a no brainer. It's, it's so creative and it's just, it's very innovative and there's a good story there too. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll talk again soon when you make your next film. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hasenbemp Incorporated.